Hello everyone, we're your hosts Khalda Mada, and this is the Unified for Palestine podcast, where we talk to different Palestinians around the world about their Palestinian identity. Today, we speak to the godfather of Arabic rap, Tamer Nafar. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. We're going to start uh, just for the viewers. We're shooting this on Mother's Day. Your, your mother's still alive. You're blessed. Wish her um, happy Mother's Day. And if she's not, Allah Yerhamma. Yeah, so Tamar, I uh, would like to welcome you on this podcast. We're really happy that you're here with us. So um, what's your story, man? Who's Tamar Nafar? Or Tamar Nafar, sorry, am I pronouncing correctly? Yeah, yeah, no, we're good. Um, I was born in Lid. I was born in uh, uh, people who doesn't know what Lid is. Lid is a Palestinian city, but now it's uh, um, after 1948, it's the majority is uh, Jews. Uh, and we are now around 25% of the uh, of the population. I grew up in a mixed neighborhood. And that, uh, you know, it started as a Jewish neighborhood. Uh, my father bought a house there. Uh, and, you know, they say soon as one Arab comes, Jews start leaving. Uh, so it became a bit and a bit more of an Arab majority. And it became very neglected by the, by the um, municipality and the government. Around the late 90s, my city became um, the number one uh, drug market and crime city in the Middle East. So somehow it shaped my childhood, losing friends. Uh, but I'll, I'll look at the, at the good side of that. It made me connect to hip hop visually. I, my English wasn't that good. It made me connect to the visuals that I'm seeing. It, it was really, yeah, I, mean, I, I said in one of the songs, yeah, I mean, um, first time I've seen Tupac's video, I, I opened up uh, the window to see if it was shut in, uh, in, in my block, just to see if he shut it in my block. And it made me just um, grab the dictionary and start uh, translating um, um, rap songs. It was very hard because like 30% of the rap songs, uh, the rap lyrics are not in the dictionary. So, uh, it, so it just made me connect to English. Um, and this is it. And then I decided um, to do it, to do, uh, to start rapping. And it was very embarrassing because I did it in English. And you don't want to know what a Palestinian kid will feel when he's like 16 years old. He was with his lame English, uh, writing a song, and then Eminem drops the song, and he needs to compare both of them. So it was very, it was very painful. <laughs> uh, so I decided to uh, try and do it in, uh, I didn't believe in doing it in different languages. My friend brought me, uh, uh, he went to France and he brought me uh, a CD called MBS and it was, it was uh, Algerian. It was mostly English, mostly French and mostly Berber, but they had a lot of Arabic words in between there. So I was like, wow. And it made me believe it's possible. And at the same time in Tel Aviv, they started the Israeli hip hop scene. And it's like 15 minutes from my house. I didn't have any, um, I didn't have any political uh, agenda back then. I just wanted to succeed. And I went there and I, I, I'm gonna be honest, they did it so fucking well. Like the flow, the technicalities, the delivery, the patterns, they did it so good uh, that I started doing it in Hebrew. And, and I had to realize that, okay, I need to think because now I have a reference in English. I have a reference in Hebrew. But, I, but there was no, refer, no references in Arabic. So I started building that. And it took me a while until I understand how to make it not sound ridiculous, how to make the syllables work, how the flow works. 
like drop and I felt ready. Uh, I, I recorded a song in the late 99. It's called Mithal Al-Alif. I did it over the beat. I used to download instrumentals uh, from Imish. Do you remember Imish? No, never heard no. of it, actually. Like Napster, you know, it was like in the days of Napster. Napster and Imish. I downloaded beats, instrumentals, and I remember I, I got that beat, uh, R. Kelly featuring Nas. Have you ever think that you could be that rich? Uh, and I just recorded over that, my song, and somebody hacked my computer. Uh, he did me the best thing ever. And it just went... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you can say viral back then. It just went all over. And people started inviting me for the shows. And there you go. Um, the, the first Arabic rapper. And this is where Arabic hip-hop started. Wait, so, so Arabic hip-hop started in Palestine? And you, were, you started it? I, yeah, that's why, they call me the, that, that's why they call me the godfather of hip-hop. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I guess, yeah. Um, I, but, but, you know, to be I believe, yes. I would like to believe, yes. I've never heard something else. But let's say at least Bisham. Okay. 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 That's interesting. So, who inspired you as a kid besides Tupac? And, and, and even, even maybe, maybe, maybe. And I don't want to start a beef for anyone. <laughs> but that, uh, I don't know if you remember MTM. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah, uh, one of the guys, Taki, I think, he just wrote a post like two years ago, and he said that when he started rapping, uh, somebody sent him Palestinian hip hop, and he heard Tamer and Dam, and he was like, okay, this is it. So I, I would like to believe that it was also in Egypt. I, I, I uh, okay. who was my, my like back then or today? Because it, it, it keeps changing. Because uh, it, it feels like you grew up on old school hip hop, which is what I, which is what I still hear to this, to this day. You know, like Tupac, Biggie, Nas. Yeah, yeah, bro. I can be inspired. I can, I'm, yeah, I can be inspired by Tupac and and. You know, I can be inspired by Drake. It's just different things you take. You just take different things. But of course, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Yani props to to Tupac first of all. The passion, the passion. That's that's what that's what made me. That's what made me listen to hip hop. I mean, yes, I knew hip hop. I didn't know the name. I just knew that, uh, you know, I knew I was listening to Michael Jackson, and I there was this guy doing jam, jam. Here come the man. I didn't know he was rapping. I didn't know his name was ABD. I just like that, but you know, after liking Tupac and starting listening to hip hop, I went back and I realized that I oh, so that that guy was doing rap, Heavy D, oh, MC Hammer, oh, uh, MC Shen, I think it was back with Informer. So I was listening, but what made me listen, Tifare, been hearing and listening was definitely Tupac, then Biggie, Tupac made me grab a pen. I'm not going to talk to the, about the people that I enjoyed listening to. I'm going to talk about the people that made me grab a pen. So I would say, uh, I would say Tupac made me listen to hip hop. Naz made me write. Uh, Eminem made me change rhyme. Eminem taught me to rhyme. Uh, I would say Biggie taught me to tell stories. Uh, I would say that the whole school of, uh, you know, of, of Talib Kweli, uh, uh, Black Thought, even, even, uh, even Wayne, uh, Fabulous, this whole punchline, just, they made me punch, write good punchlines, and, and people like uh, Kendrick, uh, I would say they, 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 I, they taught me how 
I can do everything and still maintain a unique flow, not let go of the flow. It's not just about the lyrics. Uh, a lot of people, man. Maybe uh, J. Cole. J. Cole taught me allegory. You know what I, you know what I mean by allegory, right? Uh, like I can talk about a, a night, night of sex, like that song, Lights, Please, Lights, Please, Turn Off the Lights. Well, it's a sex song in a way, a passionate sex song, but at the same time, it's about they have a few lines about politics, like uh, they want to throw us in prison. So I, I can keep going and going and going. 50 Cent made me believe that I can sing hooks, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're very passionate about it. Because I, I grew up on those those people as well, you know. Like, um, And me and Khaled were talking yesterday about um, how, like, your rhymes are kind of similar to Eminem. And Eminem oh, is my okay. favorite rapper, so... So I was like, okay, it's really nice. I like it. Look, I mean, I mean, Eminem is influenced by Rakim, and and I I I I appreciate people like Rakim and KRS One and Public Enemy and everything, but I wasn't born in that generation, you know. So so everybody every every time that a guy drops a top ten or a top five, I think that they should say, who's your top ten between eighties and nineties? Between nineties and you cannot. Um, yeah, I mean, all talking about flows. I, I cannot not mention Tetch from Naughty by Nature, you know, uh, for example. Because it's, it's um, you know, from all the interviews that I do, I always people come to, I, I, it's weird. Because, you know, when Palestinians, when Palestinians talk to me about hip-hop, they mention Eminem and these people. So I say, guys, Latinas, the TKRS1. So I start being protective about that genre. And but when Americans uh, do uh, interviews with interviews with me, and they're like, "Yes, Public Enemy," and they automatically wanted me, want me as a Palestinian to say those names. Dead Press, and I, I, I respect Dead Press changed my fucking life. But with them, I also mention people like Drake to say that I have the right also to like commercial stuff. I have the right also to enjoy sex, to enjoy dancing. So, so my my answer somehow ch changes. Him. Depends on the audience. Yeah, yeah. And I have a lot of, you know, I, I'm inspired by Arab rappers as well. You know, even if they are a younger generation, if, 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 a, dude, if a certain dude or a girl, Allah and sometimes you have this, your, your, your uh, writer's block, and sometimes you listen to this specific rapper, and I just go, I leave the house, I go and I buy a bottle of wine, I put headphones, I open the lyrics, and I just spent two hours, just, you know, uh, it just makes me, the day after, I'm just, so you know, I appreciate every artist that makes me write. The, the music scene is going also, like, Sam Abdel Hadi now, she's also popping up. Oh, yeah, some crazy dudes, man. Come on, be Egypt, come on, be Maghreb, hip-hop is. So, how, how have you experienced being Palestinian? I didn't choose one. <laughs> I have a lot of things. As a, as a human being, there's a lot of things like, like I'm part of 8 billion people around the world. And I have, we, have, we have certain different, we have different things than the other people. Uh, uh, I don't know what to answer. I'm I'm a Palestinian. I, I brush the, I brush my teeth the same thing as everyone else. Um, you know, when you grow up, you just and even people here who doesn't want to even uh, I mean, they don't care about being political or a Palestinian thing, but but they they but they suffer from the crime that happens here. You know that 
you know that in, in, in Palestine 48 uh, we have the biggest crime rate it, it's it's uh, we passed Chicago we are more than Chicago when it comes to a crime rate Arab on Arab crime so even people here who say I don't want to talk politics but I wish they can stop shooting if you if, if you talk about that and you analyze that that daily life that we have you can see that it does have to do a lot with Palestine it, 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 you can see when a when a when a society is shattered and they don't have that belonging and that identity, uh, so somehow, somehow it's it's easier for her to fall apart. Uh, so even I'm gonna start with the basics of daily life, not fe not feeling safe, uh, not feeling safe from the shootings, and at the same time not feeling safe calling the fucking cops. Uh, I'm just saying a metaphor too, but of course during during the, the podcast we will go into bigger details in, into Palestine. But th this question is very general, so I'll start with this with this daily life thing. So that feeling shattered, feeling shattered and insecure. That I will start from that. I'm sure it will. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it will develop during the, the podcast. Like we, we always hear about Palestinians in the West Bank or the Palestinians in Gaza or the Palestinians refugee camps. But I mean, at least for me, I don't know about Meda, but I've heard very little about Palestinians in 1948, which is why, which is why this interests me so much. Like, like, you know, like a Palestinian in Gaza, you ask him what his experience is. I mean, you can, you can see what the experience is. It's all over the news. It's everywhere. You go to the West Bank and people, you know, people say what they're under occupation, that there's checkpoints they have to go through. Um, you know, I know my own experience as, as someone who, you know, lives a pretty good life outside, but I know very little of people, you know, in Haifa, in, in Lid, in all, in all those places. So that, maybe, we should, maybe we should start with facts then. Maybe we should start with facts. Like in 1948, when the state of Israel was announced, uh, before that, sorry, it was... 99% Palestinians living here. They were all expelled, kicked out, uh, you know, to Lebanon, to uh, Jordan, all over. But around the Telatmit Alf, I think, Telatmit Alf managed to stay here in Palestine. Uh, not in, most of them not in their village or in their house. Some of them were expelled from their village to the city near or from there, or they were expelled and they came back not to their house, like we. Uh, my father, my grandfather was kicked out of Yaffa to Asdud, and from Asdud they kicked him to Jordan. And before he passed to the Jordanian side, they announced the city, they announced Israel. So he's, he was stuck here, not in his house, in a different place, but inside. So 300,000 uh, Palestinians were not expelled totally from Palestine. And when they announced the Israeli city, we got an Israeli identity and we, were, we became citizens like, of Israel. Um, uh, Palestinians, citizens of an, a Jewish state. So it's a Jewish state, but we are not Jews. Uh, uh, so we are not the first class citizens here. That's what I can say. We are, yeah, we are a minority in our own country. Yeah, it's crazy for me because also my, like, my family is from, from Haifa. And uh, I was never able to go like, to, to Palestine, basically. And just interests me so much how like you're citizens, but you're also not treated the same. And then the whole democracy part is always advertised like, oh, we're, democracy. we're the only democracy in the Middle East. But then you have people like you, people in 48, they don't feel that way. You know, they don't get treated equally. We say it in one of the songs, Gharib Fibladi. We say it's, it's a democratic Zionist uh, state it's it's it's, demo it's democratic for the jews but it's zionist for the arabs 
Um, so, so you, your your family is originally from Jaffa. From from my uh, father's side, yeah. From my mother's side, it's El uh, Mejdal, Asqalan, Ashkelon today. Does um, with the Palestinians who are outside, or even the ones in, in the internal refugee camps in the West Bank and Gaza, like they be they feel the displacement because they're not allowed to go back into forty eight to where to where they're from. Do you feel the same way? You're kind of in 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 a weird situation, right? Because you are in forty eight, but you also are displaced, in in that sense. Doesn't feel good not to, you know, not to. It's it's. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, in, uh, God God forbid if 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 I compare myself to the to the where where to the refugees or to where or to Gaza for example, we we cannot compare because our daily life. Our daily life, you know, with electricity and these things, with the basic things, uh, it's it's uh, haram to compare. It will be it will be uncool and unfair. And if 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 Israel, yeah, sometimes I see people writing about how we and, and and the people, for example, in Gaza, the same as like if Israel steals their electricity, we shouldn't steal their life. Yani, at least this year. You know, Gaza is like 20 minutes from here, and not to be able to go there, for example, and to perform—it's just, just killing me. And 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 let's take, for example, the Syrian crisis. Yeah, you know how uh, you, you know with, with this whole uh, civil war that happened, and and how people were were forced to leave Syria, and to you know to beg for a shelter in in. Uh, uh, in 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 Europe, while dying in the sea, and uh, the world is looking at it, it's a terrible sight, of course. But to think of it, if 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 we want to be fair, they should walk home, and most of them are from Lib and from Faham. Fayani, it's it's this this border thing. This is this this this. You know, if you are a Russian, and your grand grand grandfather was Jewish, you have the right. To to come and live in Israel as a Jewish, but if 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 you were born in Syria and your father was originally from Lid and a Palestinian and you were kicked out from Syria because of ISIS or whatever, you don't have the right, and you are one generation away from Palestine, you don't have the right to walk to your home. Here's the border to walk to your home safely. Uh, no, but you have to travel seas, die. And beg for shelter. So that's that's you know sometimes crises like these make you sh make make you feel how vulnerable the Palestinian situation is. You know it's funny because I'm also Syrian, so I'm, I'm half Syrian, uh, Palestinian. Like my mom is uh, from Palestine, my dad's Syrian. She um, was born just, in Palestine. No, my mom was born in Khamlir. So your grandfather is. My grandfather is from Islam. He died recently, and he could not go back to stage. And uh, he was buried in Syria, basically. But he always talked about Islam all the time. He was like, because he left when he was eight, so he was born in 1940. Uh, he was always talking about Palestine all the time, all the time. He's like, I want to go back. He talks about the trees and stuff. So like, to do, to be displaced in both countries, I can't go back to Syria <laughs> and I can't go back to Palestine and see the situation so it's, it's it's very crazy to be honest the situation that we that we're in yeah and just if to think of it even 
if, if a guy in Belgium was born, he's one year old, and as I said, his grand, 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 grandfather was Jewish, this one year old have the right to come and live here. But if a guy who was kicked out in 1948 and now he died, he doesn't have the right to get buried here. I mean, fam, it's 2021. It's so insane. Yeah, and the world keeps on watching, unfortunately. Um, what about you? Uh, what about uh, Shismo Khaled? What, what do you Khaled. want to Tell and then my, my family's from Jerusalem. But um, so my, my great-grandpa was an ambassador for the British mandate in, in South America. So when he came back and he got married, he, so my great-grandma was, uh, was Bedouin. But they, anyways, they settled in Safad. So my grandpa was born in Safad. And in 1948, he was 16. He had to go to Ain uh, al-Halwi in Lebanon. But um, he's never been back since. Well, my grandfather passed away a few years ago, actually. But, um, but yeah, my family, my direct family hasn't been back since. I still have cousins who live in Jerusalem. I've never met them. Um, but I've been to Palestine, just not to Jerusalem. We weren't able to. They didn't let us go to Jerusalem. Wow. So <laughs> we went to the West Bank, like Ramallah and those places, but we weren't able to pass to go to Jerusalem. Man. It's insane. Uh, it's insane the way they are uh, presented as, you know, as a as an advanced human it's insane man uh, about Safad um, I think that uh, one of the best stories about Safad is told by Elias Khouri I think Safad is starting there if I'm not wrong I read it like 10 years ago but I think Safad is starting in that book what book? Babisham they turned yeah. this into a movie like two episodes two like eight hour movie it's on YouTube I'll definitely check it out. I love all the movies you're telling us. I have to get a list. I, yeah, I didn't like the movie. I like the book more. And, and I, I, I bought it to a friend once in, from New York. It, it was translated to a lot of... Uh, I did a song about it called Baby Sham um, like eight years ago. Okay. I've actually seen your movie. I've seen Junction 48. Oh, cool. Spot on. Spot on. You hit so many points. There are so many things happening in the movie. And it's it's kind of what's been happening to you. I, I I would say it's I would say it's inspired off and not based on. I okay. wish my life was like full the, as the character. I wish. <laughs> like there there's home demolitions happening oh, yeah. that happens in, in There you go, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm you know, if, if you wanna talk about technicalities and papers, I'm an Israeli, yeah. I'm an Israeli citizen. But we have three hundred houses demolished ever since two thousand, I think. Fuck that, bro. Do you know that there's a separation wall between the Jewish neighborhoods and the Arabic neighborhoods? It's like saying there's a Jew, there's a separation wall between Brooklyn and Queens. You know, we never hear about that. Like that happens all the time, not so far away from Lid. <laughs> but, but we never hear about it happening in Lid. So I was honestly mind blown when I saw that. I think it's such an important part of the movie to talk about, you know, the Palestinians who are citizens of, of Israel are also going through the same thing that people who are militarily occupied are going through basically it's uh like you know as a citizen if you want to build a balcony for example just a few meters balcony you need to apply for a license legally okay now every every neighborhood has its uh, uh map its plan like you go uh, like the municipality says, uh, they call, I, I forgot what you call it in, in English. I don't know. Um, like blueprints. Huh? Blueprints. 
No, no, no. I'm trying to figure out. It's like every. يعني بفسرها بالعربي ولقوها بالانجليزي. انه هاي الارض انه بيقولوا هاي الارض صالحه للبناء، في اراضي للبناء وفي اراضي ممنوع تبني فيها. اوكي؟ Like a housing plan, something like that. The funny thing is, ever since 1948, they had around, they they have around 300,000 or half a million uh, housing plan or whatever you call it to all the Jewish places and almost none, zero to the Arab. So me, even if me as a Palestinian, Israeli citizen, I want to build a balcony, I will go to the municipality and they will tell me, oh, there is still no housing plan for your neighborhood, please come back when there is. And ever since 1948, we didn't have it. So they don't, they don't, we are not allowed to expand. So now I'm in the situation where I'm not allowed to build a balcony. A balcony is a privileged thing. So I'll use something else. I need to build an extra room, room since I have more kids. So I'm not allowed to. So I just fucking build it. And they come and they demolish it. Now they say Arabs built without, without license. But at the same time, we are not, they don't give us license ever since 1914. So that created the situation where we have a population, we are around 25,000 people and almost 300 houses were demolished, for example. That's, that's the exact same situation as somebody in Jerusalem or somebody in Area C. Oh, Jerusalem is way more fucked up. Jerusalem is way more fucked up. Also in the movie, you have a lot of like points about identity. Or there's even a part of the movie where they talk about Kalandia checkpoint and they say, oh, those are real Palestinians, not like, not like you guys. And you see your character is obviously annoyed like at that comment, he's annoyed. And then they go on and they start rapping and they start singing about Palestine and there's a lot of Mahmoud Darwish references. What do you, can you touch more about that? Like this whole identity thing, yeah, more, a more on a personal level. It's, 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 it's a journey. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing journey. Uh, you know, to grow up uh, and to feel like there's no, to feel like you just want to belong. That's, that's what human beings want. You just want to belong. And, you know, me starting at the beginning, not caring, don't call me a Palestinian, don't call me, I'm a human being. Um, and then facing reality where even if you don't want to be, yani, at the beginning, yeah, if you, even if you don't want to be Palestinian, we will remind you that you are a Palestinian. We will oppress you so you can remember that you are Palestinian. And, 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 and then feeling that weak and feeling that oppressed uh, and, and, and starting to develop a bit and a bit and suddenly meeting your Palestinian side uh, from the strength of it and coming back and saying, I'm not Palestinian just as an oppressed, I'm a Palestinian as an identity. And suddenly you can connect to this. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's about flags, it's about uh, uh, the anthem, and uh, it's, it's beyond that. It's, the, the, the being, to belong, it's, it's, it's a tool of surviving and a tool to, be, to, to develop. I, I don't care about cliches of anthems and stuff. I don't even know what our anthem is, honestly. If you tell me, to, if you tell me how, to, how to, to, uh, to, to tell you the way our, the, the, the flag's colors are, you know, are placed, I, I, I don't give a fuck about these things. It's just about belonging, about identity, and about feeling safe and feeling sure on the ground where you can grow, uh, grow, have wings, and, and be in a place where you can 
being a place where you don't feel that you are missing something, blacks, you have a lot of things to add to humanity and to the world. Fahim? It's just to, to, it feels so bad that, it feels so bad that there is, there's, when, when you are keep searching for a ground and keep searching for identity, you are missing, you are missing what other people are doing, helping the, the, the planet in general. So it's, it's, so we are not talking about identity and, and um, patriotism in a cliche way. No, it's just about the healthy side of it. Uh, so you grow up in a shitty neighborhood, not knowing it's a shitty neighborhood because uh, when the police slaps you, he slaps your neighbor. So it's just normal, that's life, you know. And they demolish this house, this guy's father is a junkie, they sell drugs, it's just life, that's everyone else. And you grow up and you just go over the street to the next side and you just see what the fuck are these neighborhoods, is this heaven? And, you've, and you know that there's something else and you were denied from that, and you are not allowed to go there. So there's something saying, oh, suddenly you meet the Palestinian side of you. Like, oh, you are a Pal you cannot live it because you're a Palestinian. And suddenly you see it as a weakness. And you go home and you exercise and you read Mahmoud Darwish, for example, and you listen to fucking Tupac, you listen to Biggie, you tell stories. You know, uh, you suddenly watch uh, 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 Malcolm X uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, you listen to a Tupac song, um, It's a White Man's World. And it starts with with a with a with a sample from a certain movie. You cannot put your fist against the stone boy. That's what the white one wants you to do. And you search for it, and you know it's a sample from uh, a movie called Malcolm X by Spike by Spike Lee and Denzel Washington. And you go and you get the movie, and suddenly you see the process of a guy who was a pimp and he was imprisoned and he is a leader. So you you just see suddenly your weakness becomes. Okay, fuck it, I'm a Palestinian. Palestinian as I need to search, I need to belong, I need to, I need to That's that's my long answer. It could have been shorter, sorry, but that's speaking about belonging and like a person needing wings, like seeing what's outside of this world that you're living in. And yesterday I was watching the present on Netflix. I saw you posted about it too. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I, yeah, I, haven't I watched it. it. I watched it and it was great. And it, it made me yeah. think of something. It, was, it made me think of something. I remember when, like, my name is Meda. And for anyone listening, it means Horizon in, in English. And um, my dad, when my mom and dad, when they named me, my, I asked my dad why. And he's like, because a person in our world, like in the Middle East, needs, needs Horizon. Like, he needs wings to expand and, like, he needs to grow. Because we don't have that. We don't have the freedom. We don't have the privilege to... To spread our wings you know yeah so, uh, one and that was that was our uh, that was the biggest that was the mistake with the sulta i guess because they gave yani it's not just about w having wings and flights about also having strong feet legs so you can land and that's the biggest mistake where they give the sulta fucking wings and they don't know how to land it just fucking crashed that's that's the biggest thing that's the that's 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 uh, that is something that fucked up the whole Palestinian cause, you know. So just to take a break from politics for a little bit, we'll go back to music. Um, so you started, you know, Arabic hip hop scene, and then you started your hip hop group, uh, Dam. Yeah, that. So when, yeah. when did you start this? How did how did it start? And what what's the what does the name mean? Dam, Dam. When we started, it just sounded, you know, Danny Tara like a curse, damn, it just sounded nice. But when we grew up, we realized we have to 
be more responsible and fine. So we started searching. It was too late to change the name, but we, 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 we had to add depth to it. So we went with the Arabian MCs, the, you know, the Arabic microphone controllers. Uh, and we had to explain that it's not that, it's, it's not TH, it's that because it's cooler. We didn't have a choice because we already have the name. And in Arabic, it's eternity. You know, when, when, when you drink something or eat something, you say daim and daim and dam. But the funny thing about, the fun thing about that word is in the dam, it's not a, it's dam means eternity, but, but in the past, yani bilmadi. So somehow it's playing with the word. And you know, in, in English it means in Hebrew it means blood. Guys, I always smile when I explain it because it's we always try to make it sound deep, but we chose the name when we were like 18. So it's just <laughs> <laughs> some of those things you do on a whim, fellows. You do it like yeah, when you're young and then you're like <laughs> yeah, every time I've, 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 I've been I've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, it means blood, and people are like, God, oh, this is so you know, that's that's something else. That 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 that's a different type of racism with the Western world. Like everything a Palestinian said is is deep. And guys, you know, we are equal. We are supposed to be stupid sometimes. We are it's equal. Not that deep, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's just a catchy name, kids. You know? It's like when someone gets yeah. a random tattoo and then just. Oh, as much as, you know, as much as we, as much as I was thinking, it was just what the fuck is this name? Damn, who say who's then Kendrick Lamar drops an album called Them. So, you know, but suddenly just... Uh... So, so in, in regards to your movie, the so I read that the Israeli Academic, Acad, sorry, Israeli Academy of Film and Video, if that's what it's, it's called, if I'm getting it right, there was not one Palestinian person who was, who was on the panel to vote for the best movie. Is... No, there are no Palestinians there. No, they're, like, they're like, I think, 50 or 55, I'm not sure, 50 or 500, and no, not. Did you feel like you were being censored? Not censored. I mean, it's most of the academy, you know, like the artists, and they're like the liberals, the left-wing side. And that's, that's the funny thing about that. It's just when, like, what's, sometimes I see what is the difference between the, 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 the left-wing, uh, not all of them, I'm not talking about the fucking hardcore ones, I'm talking about the, the, the Zionist left-wing, okay? Between the, the, the left, the Zionist left-wing and the, the right left-wing, it's like when, when the right left-wing keeps saying all Arabs are terrorists, and the left Zionist is like, no, not all of them are terrorists. So the difference is they don't agree on this one, but the common thing is that they both believe that they have the right to speak in the name of the Palestinians. That's, 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 they both have the right. And, you know, Junction was different. There's a lot of left, there's a lot of movies about Palestinians, but they are told by Jewish left-wingers. Like, you know, we shoot the Palestinians and we cry. Uh, we are also victims. And, you know, among them, this is too much. They fight. But suddenly when a Palestinian guy comes and he's like, fuck you, I want to tell my story. You know? So I wrote, so we wrote the script, me, Udi, and uh, Oren Muderman, and it's a Palestinian story, a Palestinian narrative. And it was shocking for the left wing. And it's amazing because the movie was, the movie won the best movie in, in uh, Berlin Ali, 2015. That's one of the biggest festivals. It won the best movie, I think, also. Oh, yeah, in, in Tribeca. 
and it won all over the world with many awards. But when it came to Israel, they didn't, they say, okay, you are nominated, but you are nominated for makeup, best makeup, you are nominated for music, and you are nominated for sound. And narrative, story, no, no, no. And, and come on, the movie was nominated all over the fucking world. Oh, so it's like we accept your makeup, we accept your music, but not, not that Palestinian story narrative. Uh, so it's so exotic, it's so um, fahem. And since you are nominated for music, we would like you to come and perform. I was like, I'm not here to entertain you, I don't want to perform. Um, no, I'm, I'm not a tool here of entertainment. If I want to step on your uh, stage, then it's going to be for a, I'm not a musician now. It's, it's gotta, I, I, I all, of, all my life I want to be a musician, but not on this stage. On this stage, I have a responsibility. And they was like, no, it's not a political stage. I was like, then don't put, don't, don't pick a political figure. And they were like, stuff like, yeah, but, uh, you know, if you always come and talk about politics, uh, you need to come and show the human side of you so people can see. I was like, if they don't see that we are human, then check your fucking eyes. Go to an eye doctor. It's not, it's not, I cannot help your eyes. I, I, I know how to rap. I don't know how to fix eyes. Uh, so that was the, the, that was the whole thing. But then a week before, the prime minister, she banned a, a Mahmoud Darwish song and she wanted to ban it from books and stuff. And then I heard that they invited her to that academy as a guest. Like, okay, cool. I would like to come, but I would like to pick the songs that I want to do. I want to do the Mahmoud Darwish one as well. Uh, it's, I'll, I'll tell the story. Yeah, so it, it created a great buzz. Everybody talks about how the right-wing minister left the, left the stage when I stepped into the, when I stepped to the microphone. But my whole point was for the most of the left-wing people that were there, it's like, there's not a big difference between you. They just do it in a vulgar, the right sometimes do it in a vulgar way that it's easier for you to point, point and say, oh, she's so racist. It's like, do you know that scene of Scarface uh, when, when he had that fight with, the, with his wife in the restaurant and he just stands drunk and he's like, yeah, what the fuck are you looking at? You need people like me. You need people like me to point and say, here's the bad guy. So, so you know, that's, that's sometimes what the left, the, 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 the fake left do. They really need that guy to be so vulgar, to say, oh, he's so bad. God, I need like 20 minutes break. Sure, sure. Okay? Take your time. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yalla. Yalla. Bye. Bye. In the past interviews about the Israeli elections, you were always encouraging Palestinians to go and vote. Why, why would you do that? I think it's a strategy. I think it's... Um, last thing that I want is to pronounce my Palestinianity uh, in Hebrew and uh, in, a, in a parliament uh, Israeli Zionist uh, stage. That's... But to start with the feeling in my guts, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I don't think you're gonna free Palestine or 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 win or or you know the right of return through that stage. It's it's impossible and it's not the way. There are many other ways. But I I look at it as a strategy. I look at it as a strategy, as like a prisoner 
is dealing with his um, lockers. Lockers, we with the jailers. It's, there is there is some 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 sort of a of a dialogue that not 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 a not a healthy dialogue. Some sort of a dialogue that it's forced on you, and and you need to. Yani, I I do I do sometimes listen to people. Yeah, but that means you are going. You admit that there is something called Israel, and that that's fucking stupid. It's like it's not. It's like not admitting that you have cancer. You go to the doctors like oh, you have a cancer and it's growing up and it's doing all kinds of things in your body. And it's like, I'm not going to say the word cancer because I don't recognize that word. And then you just go home and you fucking die. Just an example. I, I think that our situation is very, very different. I think that I think that if I want to go back to the day where they decided to that the Palestinians should be part of the parliament, I would vote no. But I think that we are already there, and I think it's a strategy. Uh, I also think boycotting it is a strategy as well, in a way. My main problem with that is how disagreeing, like if you want to boycott it, I'm not talking about everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with people who boycott, and, and I'm good friends with the people who vote. But but it created a, 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 it created such a weird noise where all we see is black on white. Like if I say, guys, we should. This is a fascist city. It is a fascist uh, country, uh, and I think that to fight that, I think that maybe we should vote to do this and this and this. And for people to, to yani for some of the people to attack me on that, not criticize me, but to attack me. And to ask to boycott me—that's that. It's like it's like we are we are boycotting strategies. Fahem. When I this when I said let's vote, I I, I felt that uh, the you know on the daily life we need the, the the parliament people. Like when women get killed, for example, or 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 when when there's a shot, there's the, uh, the house demolitions. Can they help? Not always. It's you know, occupation is bigger than that. But you know, they help us to maintain, like survive the storm, at least. And I'm not saying let's go to the Knesset and free Palestine. I'm not. Yeah, it helps. I mean, if if they if they have something of a democracy, have a little bit, yeah, one percent, but use it. I don't know how much. I'm not. I'm not here to measure it. I think. Of course. Yeah. I, and you know what? I think that's the only thing we have for them. Okay, you wanna you wanna yani bitkobishitani? Okay, let's find something else and then but but you cannot just say no, I don't want to do that. And what else? I I don't know. Uh-huh. No, I agree with you. You should use the tools at your disposal and you know. And you know, I like I like that uh, uh, I like that Kanye line. What you, oh Kanye is one of my top five, by the way. Um pre-Kardashian, pre-Trump Kanye. Um uh, haram, not pre-Kardashian, pre-Trump Kanye. Uh, but when, slow-mo is better than no-mo. Slow motion is better than no motion. That's, I, I also believe in that. Definitely. So what do you, what do you make of the recent protests in Amr uh, and Haifa? What do you think of what's happening? It's very important. I think it's, I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the uh, most important things that happen for me to witness and over the 72 years is it 72 over the years of the occupation i think it's one of the most important thing where people are fed up and and this new generation this youth that it's 
it's uh, it it gives you some goosebumps, good goosebumps, like butterflies. What what you when you see, yani, Daiman, you look at the Black Lives Matter thing and you you are inspired, but you are jealous as well. You know, yeah. Where where yani, كمان إحنا بدنا. Like what about us? And, and suddenly you see that it's not jealousy as much as as, as they inspire us to do something. And now it's happening in Umm Al-Fahim, and it's it's just just. You know, it's just exciting. And again, it's not like it's going to make a change. But for me, happy endings are when you when you get up and you try. That's that's. I'm very excited, and you know, and 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 I I I I'm going there soon. Um, and that's it. Yom al-Fahim protest is exciting because I mean I don't know maybe it's my point of view because I'm I'm from looking at it from the outside, but all these people who have from the inside as well. Sorry, it's exciting from the inside as well. Yeah, and like all these people who you've had, like their identities have been suppressed for so long, and you know they've they've been called instead of being called Palestinians, they've the Israelis have tried calling them Arab Israeli for a long time. Suddenly, you see thousands of them, and they're you know there there's flags everywhere, there's kofiyas everywhere, there's songs everywhere. It's happening right in forty eight. Not so it's exciting for me to see. Um, would you would you expect that like? I guess back when you were in your in, yeah, in your uh, yeah, as I said, it's not something. Yeah, it always happens in every demonstration. It just the flags is a part of. Uh, I think yeah, the the best change com- comes from the inside. So, what are you working on now, and just personally, career wise, and what are your hopes for the future? I just released a new song yesterday. I think two days ago. Uh, it's called Tulalena Yagali. Uh, featuring Big Sam. Uh, the beat was made by uh, Tam Cooper. Uh, I have a lot of things coming out uh, as singles. I'm working on writing a new TV series, uh, a new theater play. Um, uh, what else? Uh, a movie was supposed to go go out. But I'm, I'm, I'm one of the main characters of it, but you know we're waiting for this corona to pass. What else? Oh, I'm working on my English EP, and you know a lot of surprises. I cannot think of everything now. Uh, but you know, it's 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 um it's an amazing it's it's a beautiful time to write in. A lot of things are happening, and uh, uh, and you know just and I'm finding the time to just you know writing about everything what are my hopes for my future for the future it's just to, to to maintain the same energy that i have i've been holding that for years I, i just hope to keep having it even if i do other things in the future just to have that passion to have that hunger i just wish that is i'm not asking for views i'm not asking for uh, uh bigger fame i'm not asking for uh, just, all i want is to maintain that energy and you know whatever happens happens to be excited about every line I write, every new album that drops. Just, you know, just I would like to state that. No, I can hear that in your music. I can hear the excitement. I mean, every every beat is perfectly rhythmed and it's, I'm not used to listening to hip hop rap in Arabic, but like, you know, that was good to me. That sounded very normal and very natural. And I, and I usually listen to English music, not Arabic oh. music, so, you know. Have you heard the last one? Really? With Big Sam. Yeah, we heard it yesterday. Yes, yeah, I have. Did you like it? It was great. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. dope, man. It was super cool. Yeah, Big 
Sam is a fucking amazing talent. His voice is like he just makes you he makes you want to cry every time he sings. <laughs> so and I've done like three features with him, and you know he's 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 one of those that you like. Okay, when when you know somebody's carrying the torch, very good. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you like it. So the last question I want to ask you, and I feel like you'd be you'd be a good person for this because you you think very politically and you and you want and you you take things slowly and you want like big change to come with small steps. Is there is there something you think that Palestinians in general, like worldwide, could do? It could be general, it could be specific. Is there something we could all do to remain unified? Yeah, unified for Palestine. I think Palestinians from the outside are are doing, yani, uh, are doing, yani, the way with their tools, with the pressure of, of like the BDS, with the artists, with the with with the universities and everything. I I think it's um. I'm, I'm, I'm not in your position to tell you, I'm, I'm not in your position. I, I think from what I see, the Palestinians that I know from the outside, it's just, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just proud, you know, even in a podcast or even in a, you know, this, this connection, this, this keep, this keep on like electricity shots to the, to the Palestinian cause is blessed. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for anything else. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud and uh, just stop stop feeling that you are um, not doing enough. Like, you know, a lot of people think of guilt because, oh, my people are suffering there and I'm outside. It's not, it's, it's, let's start that. It's not your fault that you were kicked out or your grandfather was kicked out. Uh, and now it's, you know, it's just, you're using the tools that, that you have. And it's, it's a teamwork. Nani. Yeah, and it's like um, you know, like a football team. Some will play defense, some will play more outside. It's just you know, not just just this is where you are. This is where I am. This is what I do, and I'm going to do it to the fullest. This is that. These are the tools that I have. These are the tools that you have. And now let's then play to the fullest. I think. Thank you. Thank you for empowering us and getting on the podcast with us. Yeah, and the, 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 and hopefully, I think. I think I, I see the hunger in you, and I think you'll stay there. I don't think you're going to change. So I mean, I'm hopefully. always hungry. Double meaning. I'm always hungry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's exciting. I, lo- I love seeing Pal- Palestinian artists in hip hop. Like, like you're known as the godfather of Arabic hip hop. Like, that, that was like. That was the shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still look younger than 90% of them. That's good. <laughs> Well, I was shocked. I was shocked. Honestly, I thought you were like, like I don't know. You're looking your like, like late twenties, to be honest. Habibi, almost forty-two. That's almost opposite. That's almost. Malish, we, we want, we want, we want you. You're still, you're still yeah. twenty-two at heart. Habibi, Allah, stay healthy and stay hungry. Hello again, friends. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. It was awesome to speak to arguably the first Arabic rapper and get some insight on the struggles of Palestinians with Israeli citizenship. We release our episodes on Thursdays, so make sure you tune in, subscribe to this podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Unified for Palestine. And remember, Palestine is, was, and will forever be free. See you next time. Peace.